0: Some of the free shows this season include Izkali, Melvin Seals, War and Treaty, Sunny War, Chali Tuna, and more. To RSVP for free shows and buy tickets, plus see the full concert schedule, go to levittdenver.org. That's levittdenver.org. Today on CityCast Denver, some of our intersections are just so, so, so bad and so dangerous. But why? I've got Denver 7's traffic expert to respond to your calls about our worst intersections and break down why we love to hate them. Today is Wednesday, January 31st. I'm Bray Davies, and here's what Denver's talking about. Jason Luber, a.k.a. The Traffic Guy. Welcome to CityCast Denver. Hey,
1: thanks for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: So we're talking today about Denver's worst intersections. We got a bunch of listener nominations. That's good. But I want to start with you because you're the expert. I imagine when you look at an intersection, you maybe see something that the rest of us don't see because you you study these these things. What do you see when you look at an intersection? Uh,
1: it, everyone is so different, and it, each one has its own unique character. Uh, but a, a lot of them are, are basically the same. You you might see, uh, uh, well, let's say, a highway intersection is going to be different where you have a cloverleaf or a partial cloverleaf or a um, a diverging diamond, or a, I mean, there's all kinds of different intersections there are, and they're all unique in their own way. So uh, even though I'm not a trans transportation engineer. I feel like I could be one uh, uh, because of so m- <laughs> much time I've spent uh, studying these different things.
0: Yeah. And I think you're describing something that a lot of drivers and pedestrians and cyclists and bus drivers experience every day, which is each intersection can look different.
1: Yes. And, and they feel different and they flow traffic differently. And they're all the traffic signals are timed differently. And they're all designed to move traffic efficiently from one place to another, but then you put in, uh, new bike lanes and everybody should be able to move through these intersections, uh, not just vehicles. Right. So then, but, but that was the old way. So there's a lot of intersections that have to be retrofitted and, and, and changed so they can accommodate people and bicyclists and scooters and, and all the rest.
0: So we got a a bunch of responses from our listeners of their (laughs) (laughs) The intersections that probably just caused them the most ire. Right. Um, We got a text that says the worst intersection has to be Lincoln and 20th slash Broadway and 20th. (laughs) It's awful. Um, uh, So I'm thinking about this. This is sort of like you're coming down Lincoln. You have no idea you're about to round this curve and hit like six options of lanes. There's also a light rail track that runs right through the middle Uh of it. It's kind of where five points in downtown, the wonky grids sort of clash um what 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 happened here? That's Do you right. feel like it should be redesigned? <laughs> it, well, or? It,
1: it is tricky. But the trickiness comes from, and most people are are going northbound on Lincoln Street, and, and they're trying to get to Broadway. Mm-hmm. That's what most people are trying to do. So when you're going northbound on Lincoln Street, it dead ends at 20th, and you have to either go right, it didn't used to always be a right, uh, they, they've now in the last few years made it where you can actually go uh, to the right, but most people would have to go left. But that's where it gets tricky, because you have to decide whether you're going to get onto Welton Street, onto Broadway, right. and go north. Uh, if you want to keep going on 20th, or you want to go left on Broadway, or... You want to go down California, so you ha- have all these different choices <laughs> all in one short area. And if you're not in the right lane, in the correct lane, I should say, sure a- a- ahead of time, then you're then you're done. And, and, it, and it's a really tricky thing to try to get over. So if, if you want to get onto Welton Street, then you're going to have to get in the far right lane of Lincoln Street so you can make the left, and then you have to make the quick right. Uh, but you can do the same thing if you're going to Broadway. So you get to have to get in the far two right lanes to get to Broadway, or the far left lanes if you want to go. South South on <laughs> right. Broadway, because Broadway, at that point, you can go north or south. Right. And then it starts the one way south right after that. So it, it's one of those unique places. Uh, the, the funny thing is there's actually this overhead sign. Right. That's what I'm, ima- I'm picturing oh, yeah.
0: is it tells you where you can go. But right. And it, and it holds, yeah, it holds those
1: different signs. The problem is it's too close to the Broadway intersection. So by that time, yeah. you're too late to figure out where you want to go. So you have to <laughs> go through there at least once, know where you want to go. And most people go on their routes regularly, so sure. they know where they want to go the second time. Uh, and so just get over early enough and you should be fine. It, it is an interesting little intersection and it's a good way to cut across to the north side of downtown over to Coors Field.
0: <laughs> yeah, that is the little sort of secret way. Yep. I- I mean, just thinking about how you just described it, all these different ways that people are trying to go. And like you said, most folks have an idea of what they're doing. But, you know, I imagine... Tourists or someone who's newer to the city just coming around that curve and being like, oh, my God, I don't know what to do. Is there something that could be changed or redesigned about
1: that now, the, the problem with downtown, the problem with Denver in, in general is that it was originally laid out along Cherry Creek, mm-hmm. where Cherry Creek and the Platte all come together. That's Confluence Park right. that started Denver. But Denver started off as, as a kind of crooked grid. And so that's why downtown is different than everything else, because everything else is north, south, east, west. Um, and and you don't want me to go into how the whole streets are numbered and how Ellsworth (laughs) and Broadway is the center of everything. And it goes off from that. Um, but so downtown is a little bit crooked and that's where you see that 20th Lincoln Broadway area where it's it's the crooked next to the square. Yes. And when you have a crooked next to a square, it doesn't ever quite work properly yeah and so there, there's really no redesign and when you have all these new buildings and uh, you've, you've seen it all you're not going to tear those down to do a different road design right so we're kind of stuck with what we got
0: I'm glad you brought that up because at that curve is a it's like a skyscraper it's a yeah. big building it's oh, yeah. not it's not going no. anywhere no, so no, no. It's really just like slow down and give people a little bit of, yeah. of, of leeway who yeah, don't exactly. know the intersection. Yeah,
1: but, but the people aren't in the mood for slowing down. No, Nobody wants to slow down. And that's one of the problems <laughs> for any intersection or anywhere around Metro Denver is people are going too fast yeah. in general.
0: And I want to talk about that later because oh, yeah. I think that you're right. That's an easy solution. But um, okay, so our next intersection is from Bruce in Edgewater. He says Federal Boulevard and 14th slash Howard Place. Like many intersections on Denver's high-injury network, this intersection has and continues to have an alarming number of fatal crashes. Making matters worse, this deadly intersection must be traversed to use one of Denver's busiest transit hubs, the Decatur Federal Station. But what makes this intersection truly stand out over other terrible intersection is that is it is on a CDOT-managed road, Federal Boulevard, immediately in front of CDOT's headquarters. And he says CDOT could redesign the intersection to reduce fatalities, but instead they have made the choice to let people to continue to literally die on their doorstep. So this one's clearly about pedestrian injuries and and fatalities yeah. what do you think makes this intersection so dangerous it's
1: been a problem intersection for years and years and 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 really a scene for pedestrians getting hurt and killed and the problem is that federal right there, it, there there's a couple issues one it, it's a huge transit area. There are a lot of buses that come in there and not only stop there because folks are trying to get over to the light rail station, the W, the, the Decatur station yeah. uh, for the W line. And so they're running across the street. They're jumping off the bus, running across the street, not waiting for the light to change. And so, or they're trying to get one of their other many buses. I think there's five different bus routes that come in there. And then of course the rail line. So you you have all these people that are on a street with drivers and, and that's never great. The other big issue there is that federal widens out and and it feels wide. And wherever you have a wide-feeling street, the speed limit is 35. Is it? Yes, the speed limit is 35 miles an hour, but nobody goes 35. No. When you have a street that feels wide and is open, people tend to go faster Mm -hmm. than they do when you have a street that's narrow and feels restricted. It's the same thing if you were driving on – Sherman Street, uh, a couple blocks off of Broadway at, let's say, 3rd. You have people that are parked on both sides of the roadway, so it feels narrow, and and you have to go slower than you can on Federal, where it feels much wider and much more open, especially right there, because you're on the south side of a major intersection of Colfax and Federal, right? right? And so that is is a high-throughput interchange. It's almost designed like it's a highway interchange for two two surface roads. It
0: looks like a highway and it's for Colfax and federal.
1: Yeah. And then you have the jurisdictional issues, like you said, because federal is Colorado 88. um, And so it's managed by CEDA. There's a lot of surface roads that you think are just a regular street, but they're actually state highways. Kipling is one, that's 391, and and you have Wadsworth at 121, or no, Kipling's 392. Uh, And then it's, uh, yeah, 121 is Wadsworth, Colorado Boulevard is Highway 2. So you have all these different what you think is a regular city street.
0: But it's managed by someone else.
1: And then you have the city of county of Denver that's also involved there. So trying to get things changed is somewhat complicated. The bureaucracy
0: can get a little bit complicated when it's CDOT versus DOTI. Yes.
1: And, And so a couple of years ago, CDOT did make some roadway improvements along federal, but just south of that intersection from about 12th Avenue or so Holden Place down to 7th or about 6th Avenue. So they made some changes there, but they did not do it from that point over to Colfax. And they're actually doing pedestrian improvements from 23rd up to 27th. And then also along Colfax from Irving Street, which is just off of Federal uh, to the West a little bit, all the way out to Sheridan. Now, city council knows it's a problem. CDOT knows it's a problem. Dotty knows it's a problem, The uh, Denver's Department of Transportation and Infrastructure. But with so many of those governments involved, it, it takes more time, more planning, all of that to, to, get, anything to get anything done. done. Um, Amy Ford, who is the new chief of Dotty, she knows it's a problem. I've talked to Amy about it, and she will work on something. It's funny because back in September, CDOT tried—have you been in neighborhoods— where they put up those little plastic
0: boy kind of looking signs, things, it guys, guys looking like, signs with, yeah, with a, a flag. flag right? It's like, please slow down. Exactly.
1: Uh, they, and, and they say that it's supposed to be awareness of pedestrian safety. Does it ever work? Yeah, kind of. But they put those on street corners. Yeah. Well, nobody's paying attention. <laughs> They're not paying attention to the humans that are on the this, on side. This, <laughs> oh. So the drivers aren't, I they don't care. I remember when they did that. Yeah.
0: It felt a little offensive to me as yeah. a pedestrian because it's like, nobody's going to see that. No, they don't
1: care. Uh, but one solution might actually come from, there's a big development that's going to be created on the south side of Mile High Stadium. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, it's right now, it's going to be like almost like a mini downtown on the south side of the stadium. If they, if, if the, uh, that all goes through. Well, yeah. yeah if, if they also, if they decide to keep the stadium where it is and not move it over to Eilich's or out to, <laughs> then
0: that's a whole other show. Or out
1: to East Denver or wherever they're going to put it. But if that happens, they could redesign Colfax and Federal, and that could then in turn, Recreate that entire movement. Um, so, I mean, you're talking about a high throughput interchange that needs to be redesigned. So, could they change Federal where it's going to be two, one southbound, one northbound uh, lane, and then make it a regular intersection similar to like they have at Colfax in Colorado? Just make it smaller. Make it smaller. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Le- less fast. Sure. Um, that sort of thing. So, there's all kinds of different interchange designs that you could. Make to Federal and Colfax, which would then in turn, and then you have all that land that is not being used properly right there at Federal sure. and Colfax. So you could make a safer, smaller. Better intersection for everybody involved, especially for the transit users. Maybe even make designated transit areas or overpasses, that sort of thing, to get the transit folks uh, through there safer. And then use that land for I don't know, affordable housing or whatever else you want, because there's a lot of wasted land over there.
0: So I would say for that intersection, stay tuned, folks. We'll we'll keep watching it. (laughs)
1: There is a lot Um, to go. There's a lot going on
0: over there. This episode is brought to you by the Colorado Wine Board It's time for the 75th annual spring plant sale at the Denver Botanic Gardens. Mark your calendars for Friday and Saturday, May 10th and 11th. Admission is free, but you must register in advance at botanicgardens.org. Registering my husband, Greg, right now for the plants I want him to pick out and plant in our yard for me. shop from 15 different plant divisions including annuals, house plants, herbs and veggies and specialties like aquatics, container garden in a bag and plants grown right at the gardens. The garden's horticulture staff will be on site to answer any and all plant questions you may have. This sale emphasizes water-smart and native plants that are perfect for our semi-arid climate. They'll be great for a beautiful landscape that doesn't require a bunch of water. For more details, registration information, and a catalog of available plants, go to botanicgardens.org. That's botanicgardens.org. So our next one is a text. Uh, My name is Taylor, and I'm a Denver resident, but I'm frequently in Lakewood. I hate the intersection of Kipling and Alameda. (laughs) It is so slow, and people drive so fast. When I heard this one, Jason, I thought, wouldn't this be solved, this intersection be solved by people just slowing down?
1: Yes. Uh, (laughs) It's really a typical high-speed major intersection, Kipling. Like I said, Highway 391. Um, Alameda actually used to be... a state highway out there until at part of a C470, uh, build out there, they actually, the state gave right. that part of Alameda to, Back to Lakewood. Lakewood. Um, and so, so the part of Alameda is still Colorado 26, but not that part, but still what my, my point is that it's still designed as a major as a high. Yeah. Highway intersection. Um, it's really unremarkable for the most part. Um, it, there's about 40,000 vehicles that use it every single day. Wow. But that's 10,000 less than a busier intersection just to the east at Alameda and Wadsworth. Wads, yeah. That's because you have the huge, the inter- yeah, you, well, no, you have not only Sixth Avenue just up the way, but you have the huge development over there with mm. the shops and the restaurants and all of that. You don't have that over at Kipling and Alameda. And so it's more of a people just driving through intersection. There's no major developments over there to stop and slow down traffic. So typically, as we talked about earlier, if there's no reason for somebody to slow down, they won't. Right. And And they'll typically try to go as fast as they can. And should maybe Lakewood go out there or the state patrol and and run some speed? Yeah, they should. Maybe try to slow some folks down. down. So it's not really a crazy intersection. It's just people are driving too fast because it's designed... For people the to signal, go fast. The
0: signal drivers are getting from the design of it is, I this is for me, I'm going fast. Yes, there's not exactly. enough built around there's high it. There's high-speed
1: ramps to go from one movement to another. Sure. Uh, and, and the traffic signals allow for folks to just keep motoring through there. And, and there's no reason. There's not a lot of pedestrians. And yeah. again, there's no shops over there. So it allows folks to go faster than maybe they should.
0: So the next one is something I just want to ask you about personally, because it's this intersection... <laughs> first in Broadway. There was this year, it was like 2019, three different cars at different yeah. times drove into the Hornet restaurant and bar. Um, was there something about this particular intersection that this I, happened three I remember three it times? as
1: Mary and Lou's Cafe. Oh, sure. Oh, back, yep. way back. Yeah,
0: Yeah. Back, <laughs> back in the day. In,
1: oh, yeah, yeah. exactly. And then, and then it became the Hornet. I think it was in 90-something. It yeah, was it like was 25 years 90s. ago, a long time ago. Well, yeah. All right. So, that And that whole intersection has changed also over mm-hmm. the last year or so. Totally. But again, it's one of those places where people are driving one too fast, driving distracted, and driving impaired. So I was looking at some of the – you were mentioning 2018 mm. is when these three crashes happened at the Hornet. And one of them, somebody was – impaired. Another person was driving distracted and speeding, and you have a high-speed turn in there going from southbound Broadway to make that left and go east on First Avenue, and so that's what's happening. People are just going too fast or distracted, and and they're missing the turn, basically. It's like there was, uh, over the weekend, there was a drunk driver that drove into the uh, El Senor Soul Mexican food restaurant down off of South University. Okay? Oh yeah yeah
0: yeah. So somebody oh, no.
1: because and that person was driving Im- drunk mm-hmm. and that's what the police said they're driving impaired and ran right into the restaurant. And now the uh, unfortunately the owners of that restaurant, the building's condemned and they can't go in there and oh, th- so gosh. that so this one person's action yeah. to drive drunk has now wrecked the lives of not only the people that own yeah. that but all the people that used to go there and work there and all of that. So uh, the drunk driving thing is 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 terrible and it's a major problem. But for Broadway at first, it's all changed now because you have the bike lane Mm -hmm. that has been constructed in there. Yes. Then you have the separate lane for parking, Mm -hmm. and then you have fewer travel lanes, right? And so with all of that, it's gonna be harder to make that quick left because there are so many now restrictions in that intersection. I think people, and we haven't seen anybody running into the Hornet for years now, and I think this is going to help keep that. And plus, they have this large concrete planter and a couple of big concrete bollards that are uh, up there, uh, basically big concrete poles right in front of the restaurant. So if somebody hits that, it will slow them down enough, hopefully, that they won't continue on to the restaurant restaurant, unless they have a big enough car uh, or vehicle, whatever, that carries them in there. But that should help prevent it. Um, in the future. But it's just, again, people being distracted. And that's what the state patrol said in, in uh, a recent n- news conference, that people are distracted. There were over, s- what, s- I think six or 700 people that were killed on Colorado ro- roadways in last year.
0: Yeah, It's
1: all distracted. People are distracted. They're speeding and they're impaired. That is what it's about. It's
0: a, ba- it's a bad combination. Yes. Um, okay, next, we have a voicemail that we're going to play, okay. and we'll hear from one of our listeners.
1: Hey, Brie. I'm responding to your challenge to come up with the very worst uh, intersection in Denver. I've got it. It is where East Ohio meets I-25, but it's a spaghetti monster that would kill anybody who goes through it. If you look at your Google map, you'll see there are Five or six roads that cram in there, and people are trying to get on 25 and off 25 at the same rate. This is not going to work. Anyway, the name is Peter Moore, and I live in Fort Collins. (laughs) All right. Well, I'll have a suggestion for Peter and and how he can get around this in just a second. Yeah. Uh, This is another unique intersection. I go through there every day because I live on the south side of town, and I get off at Lincoln Street, the exit there, uh, to come into downtown Denver, to go to Denver Seven. And so right there where you come off the highway, that is where Ohio Avenue is at Lincoln and Broadway. Now the the I-25 Broadway station is the second busiest station in all of Denver. All right. So it's, yeah. So it's second to union station where everything comes together, but that it is the second busiest in the RTD system. So the city is in the process of making major changes all through there. So if he's coming southbound on Broadway, And he wants to make the left to go on Ohio and then go to uh, northbound 25. It's actually kind of screwy unless he lives like right there. But I I can't even think of any apartments, a couple of houses in there. But there are better ways to get around it. So what the city is going to do is they're going to move that traffic signal when you're coming off of I-25 to go into Lincoln Street. Right now it's right at Lincoln Street. They're going to take that and move it back to Ohio and hold that traffic that's on the ramp farther back. Oh. That's going to allow Ohio Avenue to actually now have through movement because right now at that ramp, it's just a not even a stop sign. It's a stop sign for Ohio folks, but not for the folks coming off of I-25. Just a little bit west of there, there's a light at Lincoln and Ohio. And then just a little bit west of there, there's the Ohio and Broadway light. But with the change of the light coming f- back to Ohio Avenue, all of those three signals are going to have to be timed better. So it will make for better sense for that driver when he's coming southbound on Broadway, makes the left on Ohio, that he's going to get through there a lot smoother because all of those three signals have to be timed correctly to let that movement go and hold the Lincoln and I-25 traffic back when that happens. So that will help. It's all part of also coming southbound on Broadway and you want to go south I-25. You used to go under the bridge. Right. Now you're going to go before the bridge. You're actually going to make a right right after that uh, f- uh, the uh, garment district deal, right? Oh, sure, sure, all that sure. stuff. Where that big yellow? Oh, the, uh,
0: f- the uh, articulated art- wall. Yeah, there you
1: mm-hmm. go, by um, Herbert Baer. <laughs> so you're actually going to take a right. You're going to go under, almost by the RTD station, under I-25, and you're going to get on this ramp that will take you to South I-25 over top of Broadway. So it's going to eliminate that movement altogether.
0: Instead of like those two lanes that come, they have to cross over other lanes. Yes, to get exactly. Onto so they're going to the eliminate
1: highway. all that. So it hopefully will make that all a lot safer, not only for the drivers, but also they want to have better, uh, pedestrian and bike throughput because so many people are going, are going over to that, to that, that station. RTD station. Um, my suggestion actually for this, for Peter, right. Yes. Uh, is actually, if, if you're coming South on Broadway, it, it, don't even go there at all. Actually take a right <laughs> onto, uh, Alameda from Alameda, from Broadway going over, like you're going to Santa Fe. Okay. okay. Then you take a right onto Santa Fe. Now, the only hitch here is if the train is rolling through there, and then you'll have to wait. You just wait for yeah. just a sec. Uh, but then you're going to uh. make almost an immediate left onto Bayad. So after Alameda, immediate left on a bayout, and that takes you to I-25. Now, that ramp is a little squirrely. I was just
0: going to say, this is it's an a little old short school, one. tiny. It is an old, yes. It's you an can old, tell it's an old highway entrance. Yes, it
1: is. <laughs> uh, and it will get you to I-25 right in that ramp, which would take you up to 6th Avenue. So I would suggest that would be a good way for you to avoid this I-25 Broadway, Inter- uh, Ohio intersection mess altogether. Yeah, um, And so that might get you around a little bit faster.
0: But also, what I, I'm hearing you say here is there's all these different factors that I don't think we always think about is not just like how we're driving, the pedestrians that we're watching out for, yeah. the bus, the way that the road is designed, the signal, mm-hmm. the timing of the things. So there's all this stuff that goes into it. and then it can be impacted by how much traffic all of a sudden is there. or, you know, like, I, I just I think we don't think about the complexity of something other than just like, I hate yeah. this highway. Well and,
1: and here's a good example. So right next to Denver seven, Uh, the The TV station where I work, right over by Sixth and Spear, and everything. We've had a couple of big apartment buildings constructed there. Sure. We used to have these row of homes that were had maybe eight homes. So imagine there's eight families in there, and they have two cars each, sixteen cars maybe total, right? And so your infrastructure is designed for that. For those. Now you have those homes gone. You have an apartment building that can hold what five hundred people, right? Let's say even ten percent of them have a car. So you're, and that would be any any city planner's dream to have ninety percent walking or using or or yeah. using um, public transit, right? And so you have now fifty cars, yeah, instead of the sixteen. And so, but you haven't changed your infrastructure sure. to accommodate for that extra traffic, yeah. Um, and, and so with, and it, it's not just in that one block. Then it's the next block, and the next block, and the next block. And so you have all of these, and, and you know, obviously, no, it's not going to be just ten percent of the vehicle, the people that live there are using vehicles. Uh, most of them are. So unfortunately, you have all of these extra cars and people moving around and even walking and biking, and you don't have the infrastructure changes to accommodate all those people. Yeah. So all of that has to be Take an account with the city it's planners. Big, it's a yeah, and with Dottie and and I, it, it's a big complex
0: yes. math problem. Exactly. I, I kind of I would like to leave folks on a positive note though. Do <laughs> okay. you do you have a favorite intersection in the city? Um, I I actually there's
1: over at um, on the I guess it would be South Low High or whatever. It's anyway. It's <laughs> we're fifteenth and. Boulder and umatilla and everything kind of comes together right there. It's it's just on the other side of I twenty five. That
0: intersection's insane.
1: Oh no, I love it. It's great. It's just because it is so crazy and you don't know where you're going. You and don't it's know just, where you're going. I love it.
0: There's no sign. You yeah. can't really tell. There's this giant middle section of yeah. the street. Yeah. It's fantastic. I love that you love that it's one. A- <laughs>
1: <laughs> and it's so, and very few people know how crazy it is because it's not widely traveled. Uh, but uh, yeah. But all the
0: streets off of it are very slim. So oh, you sure. can't really be going super fast.
1: Even though people try.
0: Yes, it's true. It's true. Well, Jason, this was so much fun. Thank yeah. you so much.
1: Of course. Glad to help.
0: After talking to Jason, I'm not sure we've identified the worst intersection in the city just yet. I know there are a bunch more we need to deconstruct. So what do you think? Is it any of these four we talked about today, or is it another one that you drive, bike, or walk through every day that's worse than all of them combined? The Bad Intersection hotline is open at 720-500-5418. Text or leave us a voicemail on the Bad Intersections hotline at 720-500-5418. And here's what else Denverites are talking about. Just kidding, we're still talking about traffic. But this is the part of the show where I'm gonna get really real with you because the Colorado Sun reported earlier this week that pedestrian and cyclist deaths across the state hit an all-time high last year. On the bright side, CDOT's data shows that the overall number of traffic deaths across the state did decline in 2023 from 764 to 713. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed this show, why not take a minute to tell Dottie director Amy Ford about us? Rate the show wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to our morning newsletter and learn more about us at denver.citycast.fm. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. See you later. Okay, I'll do that one more time. Okay.